0: Hello everyone, this is Mengfei Li from Beijing, China. Welcome to this episode of The Missing Piece. And I hope you're enjoying your week so far. 1964, a group of innocent people unflinchingly took a journey which changed the entire world. These people spent more than hundred of days on a ship in order to seek so-called new opportunities and better hope for human survivals. These pilgrims did not know that their boldness eventually set the record and the path for another great nation, the United States of America. Back in 2005, I embarked on my own journey to this country. Unlike those pilgrims, I was fortunate enough to have more dollars and belongings in my pocket. After 13 years, upon returning for two years back in China, until today, I'm still nostalgic about the lives in the U.S. Well, meanwhile, our guest today is also returning from America. She has a whole new story to share on our show today. The reasons, the purposes, the confusions, the reflections she had while living and working in the U.S. Apple is the author of the latest book called Across the Sea. In her book, she lay out specific information about her relationship with America and how she sees this nation today in the year of 2020. Apple, welcome to my show.
1: Hello, Will. Very excited to join.
0: Well, Apple, let's get started. I think everyone would like to know, after all these years that you work and study in America, you still didn't bother to change your name because the name is Apple, you know, can you imagine if we ask someone who's uh, not a Chinese resident from another country, ask the person, say, hey, what's your uh, Chinese name? The person would say, my Chinese name is Dianxiangan. So, <laughs> have you ever thought about, let's start with changing the name Apple to something else? Uh, firstly, I don't think Apple is very,
1: you know, the same level as But let's say. Um, so... Honestly, I got his name through my first English teacher. I think she has a really good intention by naming me Apple because she think it was very cute. You know, it's like the, the face is red. It's like an Apple. It was cute. And then I started living in the States and people keep telling me when they know me really well, they keep telling me it's not really a good English name because, you know, there's certain places you name the girls, fruits, you know, like other stuff. Um, but the good thing about his name is you start a conversation um, mm. with the person. So when they ask you your name, they also ask where do you get the name, who named you, you know, the reasons and things behind it. And when I first get to the States, um, there's not a lot of chances for me to talk to people mm. and to start a conversation because I was living in China. You know, there's a lot of things they don't know about me. I don't know about them. Uh, the difference is really like huge. And we don't know how to start a conversation. And Apple is a really good start. Um, the English teacher and already people ask so since when you started learning English you know what's the education system is like in China and then the, the conversation just continues uh, instead of maybe like a Jenny which is very similar to my Chinese name which mm. would make sense as an English name but it doesn't really start a conversation because it's too common you know that's why I kept the name afterwards and after a while you know I just feel like you know I, I, I like the name Apple because so many memories, you know, so many friends I made for this name. That is why I never thought about changing it, actually.
0: Of course, and of course, Apple, you know your name is Apple, and uh, whenever I get a chance to say, hey, by the way, I just finished reading a book, and the author is called Apple, and everyone asks me the question, (laughs) you mean the the person from the Apple company? Or you mean the the founder of the Apple company? See? So your name actually resonates with a, a, a lot of audience across the ocean and quite frankly it's going to become more popular right now i i am i am holding your book right now and as i mentioned before apple in this book that you detailed so much more about your experiences in the states and of course that when you went to the states comparing with what the states today it's so much different but i i really want to ask you why would you like to write this book right now? Why it is so significant? Because Apple, I mean, excuse me if I'm being so straightforward, is, you? I mean, you're not the first one who went to the States, and you're not the first one who went to this Ivy League school and end up working for Wall Street. And I'm, I, I promise you, you're not going to be the last person who's going to pretty much follow the same journey or the same path. But why it is so important for you to tell the story right now?
1: Um, so the year 2020 is uh, very um, different from all the other years for so many reasons. Um, but especially, but what I feel about this year is there's a lot of, uh, mainstream media talking about each other. Um, I, I'm mentioning uh, China and the United States, there's, you hear America, the world much more than all the other years adding together. Mm. There's, you know, the coronavirus happening in the States, they didn't control it well, um, you know, of course, Donald Trump happening every single day mm. in your face. Um, there's so many reasons that other country was talking about the States, especially in China this year, because um, there is a very, um, I would say, frictional um, political situation happening between the two countries. Um, so for for my generation, I saw from 10 years ago, people keep talking about, you have a chance to go to the state to study, especially in Ivy League university or a good school, you know, may be able to even stay there afterwards to work. It is, you know, parents will be really proud and the family friends will be very happy Mm. for the parents as well. This is something you talk about yearly in the meetings and stuff. but nowadays, we have technology companies like TikTok, you know, Biden's, mm. um, like Alibaba, Tencent rising up. And our economy is going really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, infrastructure was amazing. You know, all the scouting, high-speed trains happening. We're reaching the time that China is developing so fast. Um, people keep talking about whether this is the place of the world, and you should just live here. You shouldn't miss the chance of living here as well. And at the same time, you know, COVID happened, you know, Donald Trump happened um, as well. And then people keep talking about whether United States is still the country to go to, whether the opportunity cost. Now people talk about opportunity cost because before they keep talking about how United States is better than China. Mm -hmm. And you should, if you have a chance to go there, you should. But now the opportunity cost of leaving China is so high. Whether you should still missing the years so that you could make the network, the opportunities in China in the rising up companies like Alibaba, Pinduoduo, while they're going IPO or just IPOs, um, and to spend it at the companies like Google, Amazon, you know Goldman Sachs, where there's already a mentor system in there. Um, so I would say this year, besides this, you know, the COVID and everything, I think this is a year of the powers the cake got confused. Mm. So my key word today is confused. I think they're very confused. They're more confused than ever because they're more diversified voices, different voices, talking about, you know, the two countries and to choosing your path. Um, not like ten years ago, well, I was going there. If you got a chance to go to I believe university, you got a chance to do Living in the state, you should. But mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, there's so many paths ahead of you. How you evaluate different paths and choose something that is for you. So I would say nowadays people are very confused um, about studying abroad. Um, now there's good side and bad side. They both see the pros and cons. They both see for the country versus before. Is more like they see the good side of it. Um, and also, you know, this is a time people evaluate opportunities, um, more than ever. That is why well, I think this book today, I did I never, in the book, I never really mentioned mm. what you should do and providing that information so that you can evaluate your own path for the future. Well, that is why this year, I think the book is, um, very important. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, Apple, again, you, you use the word confused. Of course, I mean with the whole pandemic and with yes. the whole international relations. I agree with you. It is rather confusing to see the clear path, or it is rather confusing to see where people are heading next. Especially, I can't really say we are in we are living in this post-pandemic, because for most of the countries in the world they're still in this pandemic. But but now let me ask you the question. Apple, do you think that people, especially the Chinese audience, because I mean, your book is written in Chinese and I I read it and I, I shared one or two chapters with my friends and which found quite fascinating. And we're going to get to that in a second. Now, Apple, do you think people are confused because Donald Trump happened? So in other words, let's just say in this hypothetical scenario, if Donald Trump were not the president for the U.S. from uh, in 2016 or Hillary Clinton Happened, just happened to be the first uh, women to run this country. Do you think that the the, the Chinese people, or even the younger generations, are still m- uh, would be more motivated to engage in this American culture to say, yeah, I want to go to America because we have a a, a, a new leader, or the the the, the woman, or whoever that person could be, was actually the dawn of the break.
1: So, firstly, I think this is a really good question. So, from my perspective, Donald Trump is one person, but what he did is he made American people realize China is a very strong country now. Mm. China wasn't like ten years ago, even now, like five years ago. Um, the you know the, the government is very strong. You know, there's a lot of people there. The economy is boosting, like boosting, like almost booming every almost every day by the day. Um, that's what he made American people, especially the American people who never been to China, realize the position of China in the world right now. That's what he did. Because he keep giving the very simple statement, um, you know, usually with another leader, they will use a language that's more intellectual, more educated in a way <laughs> that actually a lot of American people don't understand. But Donald Trump make it really clear. It's almost like kids have a conversation. You don't really use, you know, uniform like stuff like that. It's just a very clear message to all American people. So they realize China is a very strong country now. So I don't think this Donald Trump that made the situation difficult, but he made it very clear and simple mm. um so Americans understand why they should be scared of China. Um but just because of this, and also a lot of things he did, is very action based. Is very um, a lot of political agendas, but make it very um, like clear action. Um, at the same time, during the trade war, make China realize. We as Chinese people realize, yes, we're getting stronger because Americans getting so much. We're getting so much attention from America, and. They Care about us um you know sometimes when they really hate you or they dislike you they keep talking about you that also means you're so important now mm. um you're getting other attention you're getting you know you're spending their time um so that also makes china realize yes we are important not just we think we're important there other the strongest country in the world think we're important um, so that's one i suppose i think in the past five to ten years uh, i would say five years China's, um, you know, nationalism, uh, patriotic kind of confidence is rising up as well. Mm. Um, The generation of the kids, so my my parents' generation, they're like 50 years old now, but the generation now, like 35 years, I would say, who has, um, you know, elementary school kids or, you know, growing into adults, um, they experience China very differently from my parents. Absolutely. And they are nationalistic uh patriotic kind of confidence is rising up as well so they start questioning whether america is still the best place in the world whether china is more practical for the kids to have a better life Mm. it doesn't they don't have to go through the you know all this cultural shock living in different place you know having to fit in maybe you don't even have to fit into another country instead of so what my friend was mentioning before i think is a key Uh, of what we're thinking now, before, when you go to the States, the goal is to fit into the culture, you know, to like study well there, find a good job, try and have a good life there. But now if you're going abroad, your goal change, your goal is to learn whatever they have in there, you know, learn their good education, their values, you know, their technology. And then to see whether you'll be able to bring it back to China and fit into the business world, the political world, everything in here. So I think that's a major change of the world. And that happened isn't because of Donald Trump. It's because the rising power of China in the world. And Donald Trump just made it a very clear message mm. to the people in the States. And that back to China, so we realize yes, we are important, not just to us, but to everyone in the world. Mm. So I think that's the that's what Donald Trump did uh, in the past four years. I mean, a lot of things he did, but this is what I see about U.S. China.
0: Of course, and yeah. and one of the things that Donald Trump enjoys the most is he tweets a lot. You know, so we're we're not we're we're not gonna go there. Um, but um, <laughs> Apple in this book there are one of the chapters that you labeled the beginning and the ending and you use one of the i don't want to use the word cl- cliche but it's a well known example that you use the um the fictional story where the uh, the 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 hare and com- uh, the rabbit is competing with the turtle right so you use <laughs> yes. that story in the book and then something uniquely you mentioned that we didn't even start at the same point, or we couldn't, we, we wouldn't really in, initiate on the same level. So how do we know the race is going to be fair? In other words, how do we know that we have the same opportunity? So my question to you, Apple, is why would you use this example? Are, are you saying, so who's the rabbit and who's the turtle? And what point are you trying to make by using this in your book?
1: Um. Yes, sure. Um. So... Firstly, I don't think there is. I mean, I am turning 20, 27 in like three days. Um, Con, I will say, in my life, which is very short. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, I, in my very short life, I, I just I feel bad every time saying in my life because it wasn't you know that long um, by now. Um, so, I, in my short life, I don't see a lot, lot of things being fair. Um, there is, I think, fair is a very ideal uh, expectation um, from people, which is something we should pursue, but we shouldn't be expecting that in all places in our lives. Um, so there's not a lot of fear in anything. Um, so for this example, um, so the, the rabbit and turtle, you know, is doing a race, you know, because the rabbit was sleeping because she she thinks she's very fast. Mm -hmm. Um, the turtle was able to catch up while she was sleeping and then will be able to win, um you know, in spite of all the physical conditions of different species in the world. Um, so, but in this article, was talking about what if the rabbit was even trying really hard to win, given the physical condition it has um, in different species. I'm talking about what if the rich families um, with better education system, with better education schools, better, you know, internship opportunities, was even trying harder than the people um from you know a poor families you know wasn't be able to go to private school and all that um then there's no fair for the people um from a lower income families to make it to a better school that's what i see in the world now uh, at least in my school so brown is um a, a private you know university which has a lot of people um from very wealthy families um in spite of, you know, their, they're probably a lot of American kids uh, in my school, they don't really have to work for the rest of their lives, right. um, given their trust funds and everything. They still work really hard to pursue their passion. And they're going through almost the same path as everyone else in the world. You know, starting from struggling to get an entry-level job because maybe it's a different industry from their parents or something. They they go through the same struggle as the others, trying to network and trying to you know like even sometimes when their parents don't want them to do this, they still you know have to fight with them. They have to like be independent in a way. Um, so I see them as working really really hard. It's like they they're not from a, a very wealthy family in a way. So that makes me uh, kind of scared because if the rabbits right, like they're trying really hard, even like running ahead. Um, Well, it's going to win. She knows she's going to win. Not to say even to sleep, to rest, but to try hard. Um, That left actually very little chances for the turtles to win over the rabbit. But my theory is um, the world is very big. The world is not just one turtle and one rabbit. I feel like nowadays, even though there's no absolutely fair for anything, but there's always a place for the people who's working hard Mm. in your own race. Um, especially in the college in the United States, there's people from all over the world, they're international students, domestic students, they're, um, they're pursuing different kind of passion. What college was doing is to help you find the passion and to try hard to pursue your passion in your own way, your own path. And you'll be able to navigate it um, in your own life to try to have a good life in your own definition. Um, so that's what I thought. So, so back the end of the day, I was basically saying, maybe there's, there won't be a race for everyone, but there's a race for yourself. That's also kind of cliche, but I would say, you know, to compete with yourself and to have a better life in that way. Um, well, so that's what the story was about.
0: Well, Apple, one of the things that you mentioned and, and you repeated back and forth is to say, hey, life is not fair and everyone knows that. But however... Not everyone is willing to admit that, even though the world is not fair. But guess what? I I I'm going to make it happen, or I want to make sure people can treat me fairly, or I want to make sure that the world sees me as someone so important or someone so significant, so I can get the share. Of, of, yeah, the the share, my share, um, fairly. So Apple, to the younger generations today, and I don't mean just Chinese millennials, but also uh, um, in America and other countries. Why is it so difficult for the younger generations to understand that you work hard, you are going to deserve the proportion that you're asking for. Or in other words, there's no free lunch. Why is it getting so hard for them to accept this reality? Because you th- you think about, I mean, uh, uh, for me, Apple, I, I-, I want to be honest with you is I wasn't born yes. with a silver spoon in my mouth. So when I live in the states for the 13 years and I had to work really hard for the scholarship and I did the dirtiest work and I don't mean when I say dirtiest work I don't mean break the law okay so I did the work that you you couldn't imagine as a, as a, um as a uh, as someone who's in their early you know like 18s or 19th or 20s and do the work but I learned of it and I enjoyed it because it was hard it was bitter but it helped me to grow better so I couldn't complain, not because I didn't want to. It's because there was it was not working. Complaining was not really the option for me to be successful. Now coming to your story, why do you think it's so difficult for the younger generations to understand? There is no free lunch. You gotta work hard, and you need to pay your dues. You need to um w- to be willing to sweat so that you can have a better life. Because today, again, based on your book and based on the story everyone is asking for fairness or people are saying this is not fair has become a, one of popular colloquial language today what is happening today
1: um I think that's a very good question um I remember before I got to the States, I was in this um, I was in this public high school and we invited one of the I would say like oldest and also the most famous alumni. Uh, he's the son of Liang Qichao, mm. um, so he's a very um, um, missile expert. Um, so he was basically he was in his eighties. He was talking about back then. Well, he was going. He was going to the states. Uh, his dad gave him fifteen yuan and then tell him you're beyond, you're gonna be on this boat and then once you're you know, you reach to the other side of the ocean, you're on your own. Right. So he has his, like, 15 yuan, um, zero dollars. And then the boat is a month and a half. He doesn't know whether they, the boat will ever reach there and what's going to happen on the other side of the ocean. And that's how he started his life. I mean, he came back, he became an ex- expert. He's um, you know, very well-known scholar uh, in the States as well. That's the condition. Uh, I would say that, that must be like 65 years ago, while people are going abroad to the States. Um, now, a lot of things change. Firstly, what changes the economy change. Um, you know, our parents, my parents, um, my generation parents now, they will be able to afford, uh, with no scholarship, sending us to the States, you know, life there, even um, some apart- apartment in New York, so you can have your first job comfortably, uh, living in your own residence. Um, Why the generation now is so hard for them to um, to to understand? You have to earn what you deserve. I think firstly, I'm talking about China now. Even the states, I think it's very similar. Uh, Firstly, I would say social media. Um, With all this live stream and all this happening, that people see, especially in China, kids see like how people can make money so easily, becoming an influencer. Uh, I think that's a very very bad image for the kids now because it's. The, the message they're sending is not to, you can have diversified path. As long as they have a passion, you pursue that you can success in your own way. But they see as people living a happy life and just have the money uh, by being the influencer of different kind. They don't see the hard work behind it. Um, they don't believe in even hard work anymore. And secondly is, um, I think the way um, people criticizing things is in a way that's like, oh, this is wrong, this is bad, so I quit. I don't want to be part of it. Um, but I believe, so my generation, we believe in the attitude is there's a lot of things in the world is imperfect, right? Um, you go in there, um, you work hard, try the best you can, reach to a higher level, and then you try to change that. Um, so what we say is you have to be in the game, um, to change the game. That's what you call being Be in the game to change the game. Mm. But the generation now is more like, oh, this, the game isn't fair. Let's quit. Let's quit the game. So, so, um, so, Apple, you're saying... Kind of yeah. So,
0: Apple, you're saying the younger generations today, because they're lacking this attitude of tenacity, because they're so hard, they only see the obstacle, yeah. but they don't see the finishing line. In other words, I, I, I like what you said. You know, just... Really to be there because a a lot of people around me and even though uh, I try to tell them to say, hey, listen, it's not easy when you move abroad. It's not easy when you study abroad. Of course, you can go shopping and you can buy all those luxurious things. But remember, at the end of the day, you still need to counter bills. You still need to understand how am I going to make myself, you know, how can I say be independent or be responsible for life? But when I mm-hmm. mention those things, and they see me, especially younger generations today, they see me as a crazy person. You know, they will say, uh, you have this <laughs> mindset of 1949, but this is 2020, so wake up.
1: I think, firstly, they, they feel like they don't have to. Um, things change. And secondly, I, I think what's happening now is younger generations, they're giving a lot of options. But mm. you have a lot of options, it's very easy to quit. Um, because if this doesn't work, it's just try something else. If that doesn't work, and then we'll trade try this third thing. Uh, the thing is, you know, sometimes this makes very difficult for anyone to success, to actually succeed because you're giving too many paths. Mm. Um, it's easier to give up. But for us, sometimes, you know, it was, you have to go into this path because there's no way to turn it back and there's no way to go into it the other way. Right. And then that's how you speak through, you know? Um, but the younger generation their their lives since they're born there's so many options there are so many paths um, there are so many things they can criticize and uh, they, they they lack the ability to thinking about even I feel feel like even responsibility to feel like oh let's be in a game to eventually change this game mm. they, they don't think of that they're just like oh let's quit the game and try another game you know
0: right well apple let's go to an- another chapter and The chapter, I, I like the title. You said, in order to say how to integrate into America, why don't we try to integrate into the world? So in other words, have this global understanding or this global perspective. Now, when I start reading this chapter, the title you said as a subtitle is, we are the product of mixed education. So one one of the things I want to ask you, again, this is something that, you know, I want to say after reading your book, helped me really to reflect the journey that I spent in America um, uh, in the past uh, decades. But one of the things that Apple, I realize, we always say we are the product of the environment. But today, it's rather difficult to understand about the word identity. So when you live in America, when you work in America, of course, it's a diverse a country and we in, in we mingle and we socialize with people from all different backgrounds or from what walks of life, some are good and some are bad and they could help us to understand our goal or our purposes or even our destinies. But one of the things that Apple, I want to ask you is how could you state? who you are all those years because identity is so important and younger generations today are so confused again they get these ideas from social media they get idea from their parents or even from political news or however the the the, the spectrum is so wider and we can't even see the borderline so how could you stay who you are in order to keep your own identity all these years apple
1: um Again, very good question. Um, So I keep thinking about this as well, and uh, my answer is very simple because I like who I am. Um, Well, I was in China. I was, um, you know, my parents loved me, you know, this high school. I went to middle school. I was, um, you know, in China called special student. I was a dancer. Mm. uh, I lived very happily there. I was a dancer. I was, you know, pursuing, trying to pursue education in America. That's who I am. Um, I was... I actually, even in, in America, I was very Chinese. I, you know, I only eat Chinese food. I was, uh, I like people getting together. A lot of people, um, I like um, sometimes, you know, with no boundaries because American people keep talking about boundaries mm. and all that. Uh, I'm the kind of person with no boundaries. love to share. you know, love to hear more if you want to talk to me. Um, I think the reason I still keep that part of me, even with who I am now, is I like, that part of me. I I like who I am. I think a lot of people change um, which I think that's a choice that's definitely not a good or bad situation it's more like a personal choice is maybe they don't like that part of themselves that much they feel like after they give that self part, uh, give up that part of them they feel better uh, with others, with the new self that they're developing. Um, So a lot of people decided to give up that part of being, you know, the Chinese, um, the very Chinese part of themselves when they're going to States and then to stay, to become a kind of a new person, a mixed or even more Americanized, uh, with their new friends, you know, no new environment. Um, um, they feel better about themselves, which I think, um, is their choice. And, um, there's, again, there's no judgment on mm. all that. Mm. Um, but I think I just like myself um that part of me so much that i even never consider giving it up and there's definitely some people who don't understand that part and they don't like that part of me either but i care about what i think more than what they think and i care about what i like more than what they like that is why i was keeping who I am, um you know throughout the time i was in the states
0: well, Apple, the last question I want to ask you is just when I'm about to finish reading your book, and i would say, wow, I mean, Apple has presented so many good points and chapters. However, coming to the end, you made one comment. You said, why Chinese girls are not happy. And my first thought was, how dare you, Apple? How dare you to say that Chinese girls are not happy? I say have you ever logged into the TikTok? Have you ever logged into the, the Weibo and the WeChat? I mean I mean I mean Apple this is the weird question is how many girlfriends do you have that you know they're not happy? Because based on my research as a journalist as a journalist that I live in Beijing and I associate with younger generations or you know people uh, across the globe, how dare you to say they're not happy? What are you talking about, Apple? What can, can you can you tell us a little bit? Because I don't want to people say, "Hey, um, 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 Will just interviewed someone who said the Chinese girls are not very happy." So that's a whole new chapter. So Apple, please. We, with well I mean so know, I that, say, with, yes. yeah I mean so with all seriousness can you tell us why did you decide to 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 include this chapter what point are you trying to make because there, indeed I mean uh, with all jokes aside I also noticed that number one I'm just saying not only the Chinese women but also the women across the world are on the rise. And more and more women are, are are willing to take on these leadership roles. However, if we are really going after the definition of happiness, it's quite different. And of course, in our culture, in the Chinese culture, today, it is rather or has become more ambiguous to, to ask the person, how would you define the word happiness? So Apple, tell us a little bit, why would you want to write that chapter?
1: Yeah. Uh, firstly, it's very um, like the Wall Street Journal. It's very title based. It's trying to attract the people to, you know, see this question. Then the content itself is about this question. Um, firstly, I, I don't think um, we are as Chinese women were less happy than the women in the other place in the world. I would say um, so. If we compare China and the United States, um, in, in actually, inside of uh, in, instead of happy. Um, I think the women here, um, I I would say average China because uh, Beijing, Shanghai was definitely better in this, but we are more stressed than the women in the United States about relationship and marriage issues. Um, So we're much more stressed about this. But the the interesting thing is uh, the Chinese women are actually very independent. they work you know I, I think uh the i think um based on World economy forum um wf data um the percentage of uh, the women participating in the labor force in china was much more higher than you know the the woman in the states uh which is why our economy is booming so fast because we have you know the women in there our first lady even mentioned this in her um social media um the woman is an really important part of the labor force uh, in china um giving all that that is why i don't understand why we're so stressed about this than you know people in the states um i think it's more like a cultural thing uh, the parents uh, actually there's i have this is a thing i have another article talking about What's behind all these problems? Where is this really, this problem, the stress really coming from? And that article is being deleted uh, by the editor uh, of mm. City Press. Uh, that is why you see, you know, now it's like, oh, okay, we're talking about like a woman problem, but it was not. I was trying to talk about healthcare problems um, where why the parents so scared of their kids dying alone is we don't, we need a better um like um, how do you say um Medicare um Medicare slush Yang Lao uh, community system mm. in our society, which is something I aim to work on. Again, see, we don't have this, so I want to work on this instead of say, Oh, this is you know, I should move somewhere else because this is the system's bad. Um that's something I aim to work on after if I become um, super, you know, powerful and rich, this is the social problem I'll be working on, uh, spending all my time on. Um, So that originated um, in, because of the system, the parents uh, are pushing you to have kids, you know, get married sooner, uh, so you won't be able to die alone, you know, in like 50 years um, when they no longer live, uh, they want you to have a, a better life.
0: Um, so, so Apple, you're, so Apple, you're saying that
1: we're so stressed about this problem,
0: right? Because I understand is, so what you're saying is today the the Chinese women, they no longer see themselves as what we call the supplement of the males in the family Be- like for example for for my parents generation of course i mean well, and they always say hey you get married and the next thing you have kids and after kids you're going to think about uh um, other responsibilities but today when i encounter with a lot more female entrepreneurs and also a, a lot more uh, women from different careers or different fields they are actually breaking this traditional mindset, or they're they're willing to, uh, uh, how can I say, dare to adventure something completely the opposite, uh, a uh, purpose or the opposite goal, uh, uh, away from what their parents are expecting. Now, and quickly, the last question is: Do you think this type of I mean, I want to be careful. I don't want to say movement. You know, I don't want to get in the um the the news headline tomorrow. Uh, Do you think this? Do you think this is type of uh, movement that is going to continue to happen or continue to shape the future of China?
1: So, I I think so because actually I think China um, in this actually in this particular topic uh, about women being independent or in the labor force or giving more choice of their own. Um, surprisingly, to some people, this will be very surprising for them, but China is actually doing pretty well, relatively, um, compared to a lot of countries in the world. I'm mm-hmm. not talking, even talking about the Middle East, I'm talking about even the Western countries. Right. Um, women was being respected here, more than a lot of Western countries yes. in their countries. Yes. Um, women were much more independent Were participating, uh, giving the choices, either work or being the family, um, you know, even more than the Western world, um, which is maybe, you know, must be very, very, um, you know, confusing for a lot of people here because they thought, you know, they are having the better choices, you know, the better life there. Actually, it's not. Um, but the thing is, um, this is, when we're talking about even, if I say feminism, is a very sensitive topic here. Like, people are doing really well and they're, society in this topic is very well developed, but people just don't like the world of feminism in China, and they don't like to talk about this even, yeah. uh, which is something I think is very interesting in a way. Uh, women's rights, you know, all this kind of world, word is very um, it's very negative in a way. Um, that's what I come to realize when I was, you know, doing my social media, my Weibo, when I was posting and people are very against the world, even though our society is pretty well developed um, in this specific topic. Mm. Um, I would love actually love to research more on why this happened. Um, but I think, yes, uh, women is, uh, in China is already is and will be a very important um, part um, of the society in different industries, uh, I remember I was interviewing for uh, EMBA uh, executive program, and then there's fifty people doing the interview. There's only three women, and uh, there's a um, you know teacher answering the question. She was saying, you know, if you will get in the class, will be eighty people, and there's twenty five percent is women, seventy five is men. Um, then I asked her, um, then why, you know, are you trying to, you know, increase this ratio to make it even, you know, like a fifty-fifty? Because in a lot of executive programs abroad, there's close to like 40 sixty, but twenty-five a little bit low. And this is the best EMBA program in China. Mm. So are you trying to mm-hmm. give people women leaders, uh, executives more chances, um, you know, to, to be in this part of this program? And um, they're like, no, that because that would be unfair for the man who's interwoven. Because we're trying to give the same standard, we're trying to be fair, um, in the selection process. And then I was like, and they're very um, uh, I, I, I remember they were being kind of even angry and sensitive on topic on uh, me even mentioning to increase the ratio in some way. And uh, they're like, oh, I want to be fair. We want to be fair for all this male interviewers you know want to be you know this selection to be fair mm. then i was like this wasn't fair we're not talking about just this one chance of being fair we're talking about whether women in their way of climbing up this you know career ladder or whether in the way they have to give a Give up their time to like take care of the baby. They have to even they have the nannies, they have to spend the time to give birth, right? To like right. rest after that. So in the career path, it wasn't fair for the woman. They had their different responsibility, they have to do where the man doesn't have to. So we were talking about fair. It's not just this one day, the interval, but look at the longer lifetime, whether women deserve a better chances to be in the program like this so they can do better in their jobs. And there there are going to be more women, you know, in different um, companies to be the executive. I was like, if you think this is not fair, then recently the New York Stock Exchange uh, changed the rule. If the board of director of a company doesn't include one woman, it can not go IPO. This oh, was unfair wow. for the male eater. Okay, but why do they implicate this rule? Is because only if you force something like this, could you have more companies hire women. Given that they could be, there might be a mother of three was taking care of their babies. That's how women can earn more chances to be fair with men in the companies. So I was giving this whole speech there. Of course, the teacher there wasn't responsible for answering serious questions like those, or just like oh yeah well maybe. i don't
0: know <laughs> well apple i mean that was very fascinating to know but anyway apple it's always been a pleasure to talk to you and again apple is the author of her latest book called across the sea apple thank you so much for being on my show and of course that after talk after talking to you i'm sure our listeners will love to have more questions and, and A lot more um, curiosities for you about your journey, again, living in both countries and witness the tremendous growth and development of the world. So again, Apple, thank you for being
1: with us. And we'd love to have you back on the show again. Okay, thank you so much, Will.